What is it that you love to do and not make them say, look, you must do great at math. You must do great at every subject. We're all different, but you must do the exact same as everyone else. And it's kind of like, no, I, I don't buy that. But I, it definitely affected me for a very long time. I told my parents um, I wasn't going to college because a very wealthy friend, I worked on his farm, and he told me he owned a, a company. He was president of a company, had 250 plus employees. And I told him, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be in college. I'm 17 years old. And he was like, dude, I hire people without degrees. It's all about work ethic. And I'll. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, showing you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. And make no mistake about it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having more, especially if you're doing so with purpose and you know what you're doing and you know the responsibility of having more. And I want to make this very clear in case you didn't already know. Having more does not mean that you have to take from others. You know, I've talked to so many people who say that really they don't want to earn anymore or they don't want to have more resources because they feel guilty in doing so. And it seems that our society, especially what's going on today, that people are being ridiculed for wanting more and having more. And by having more, you can give more. When you have more time, when you have more energy, when you have more connections and have more resources, you can give of that to others. When you have more wisdom and when you have more education, you can give more to others. Speaking of education, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about education, but don't get confused. I'm not talking about college education, or even schooling, former traditional schooling. Now, I'm not down on school and I'm not down on college per se, because there are certain vocations that absolutely require a college education and a degree. But there are many other vocations, probably more vocations than there are, that only require a certification. And some vocations don't require certifications or an ed- a-, a-, a degree. They require knowledge. They require wisdom. They require people skills, your emotional quotient, and how you interact with other people. That in itself is what most employers are looking for, rather they also require a degree or a certification. I know when I used to do interviews for various jobs throughout my career, uh, we would always look for those people that could clearly articulate their knowledge, those that could interact with people, and those that were compassionate for other people. These are the qualities that we look for in employees over anything else. Everything else equal, that's what wins the job. 
Anyway, I can go on a rabbit hole, down a rabbit hole on this one and get on my soapbox, but I will refrain from doing that right now. I just want to make sure that you get into this conversation. And if you like what's being said here, even if you don't like what's being said here, quite frankly, we want to engage in conversation. And by doing so, the way you can do that is to go to Facebook and check out the Men of Abundance page and or get access to the Men of Abundance Facebook group. By doing so, you can continue this conversation and actually get in on the conversation. I welcome that. I welcome the conversation. We need to be having more conversations about various topics, all topics, and opposing conversations. I'm okay with that. I hope you are. If you are, then let's have that conversation. So go check out, check us out on Facebook and make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you share. Be abundant in your actions today. Pay it forward by sharing Men of Abundance with others. Sharing this podcast, take a screenshot of your phone or whatever it is, the device that you're listening to this on, and share it out on social media. Hashtag Men of Abundance. And, and make sure you tag me in it so that I can lift that up and we can continue the, the conversation and share these conversations with others. All right, so let's get into this conversation. Our future guest today is an overcomer. He was a blacksmith, also known as a farrier, for seven years until he got kicked in the face and had to switch careers. Boy, that'll do it, won't it? He self-taught himself how to code and landing a software development job making 70000 with no degree. He has had over a dozen side hustles and believes everyone should have their own side hustle. I 100% agree with that. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Josh Kemp. Josh, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Wally. I'm so excited. Oh, man, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on. And I'll tell you, part of the reason why that I'm excited to have you on is because how you approached me and how you connected with me was absolutely brilliant. Nobody's ever done what you did. Everybody just wants to say, hey, I think I'm a perfect fit for your show, blah, blah, blah. And I got this book and blah, blah, blah. And I want to sell something. Basically, is how it comes out. And I'm like, denied. No, thank you. But man, you sent me a freaking caricature and, and, and just kind of connected and said, that's yours and enjoy it. And then I looked at your background. I was like, this dude's freaking awesome, man. I dig it. No, man. I... I I used to be like, oh, I draw people. Man, I wonder what I can use this for. And I love drawing all the time. But it was like, how can I actually help my, you know, get on podcasts? How can I help my business? And I I don't know if you've heard of Bob Berg. He has the book Go Giver. And um, there's lots of people talk about you need to give first. And I thought, you know, I'd love to draw somebody. I love drawing. Let me draw someone and say, here, this is yours regardless. If we ever work together, if we ever talk again. And it's a crazy is how much clutter uh, it, it gets through. Like, for example, Seth Godin, who I never thought would respond to me, was like, hey, yeah, I don't do guest interviews. I'm not gonna, you know, But he was like, he actually responded to me. And I was like, and he thanked me. And I was just like, wow, I'm actually cutting through all the other mm-hmm. emails. It's, I just thought it was amazing and simple to do, you know? Yeah. Oh, simple for you. <laughs> <laughs> well. I draw stick figure. You know, I used to draw when I was a kid. I did, but I was never really good good at it. I had this classmate that would, he could draw lifelike 
images in just a couple of minutes using a pencil or even a pen. It was ridiculous. And wow. I, it's definitely a God-given talent uh, in his case for sure because we were real young. I was like, he hadn't taken any classes or anything at that point. But um, brilliant, man. You know, yeah, especially connecting with somebody like Zeth Godin. I mean, the guy must get a million emails and, and requests a day. For him to reply back to you says a lot. Uh, for that approach. And I, and I really dig it. Not to mention, you have a really cool story that we're going to get into here as well. But even before we do that, first, where are you at in the world? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a windy, windy day. So if you hear uh, gutters flying off the house, that's what that is. But no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Raleigh, North Carolina. I was in uh, Fayetteville for a, for a couple of years and got to drive down there a couple of times. This is a nice little area, man. I like it. Oh, I love it. The, it's so much better than I grew up in Northern Virginia where the cost of living is like, it's way more. So I, mm -hmm. I love being down here. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? I have many things, but I was the, the, the main one is, uh, you know, entrepreneurs make, make, they have to take action and I do take action, but sometimes it's like, I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, shooting range with a gun and I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm just firing away. And I'm like, you know what? I should be aiming a little more. So my, uh, my wife is so, so supportive of, you know, everything. I could tell you a hundred stories about like, I can't believe I did this. And she's like, Josh, what did you, oh my gosh. So like, it's, it's been good. You know, we get along so well, but her support is my rock and gives me so much confidence. Like I keep her happy yeah, my life is good. So I'm so I'm so grateful to have a, a supportive wife. And we've been married almost 12 years uh, in May. So it's been great. That is super important. That is a conversation that many entrepreneurs have, or at least a conversation they're having in their head and at home that they don't <laughs> share public. Because I've heard it so many. In fact, there's a book out there I I used to have. I don't have it anymore, but it was called Honey, I Want to Start a Business. <laughs> and it was about that. It was about having that conversation with your wage earner spouse, because many times in my own household, I am an entrepreneur, have been since I was two, probably. Um, and my wife is a wage earner. She never understood business, especially during the years when I was, you know, racking up our credit card debt to $30,000 uh, twice, <laughs> you know, her hair falling ouch. out and all this. Yeah, ouch, to say the least. Um, and uh, good thing she loves me, man. Um, she's put up with so much crap for me. But now she's good because, you know, we're doing a whole lot better. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that conversation when when an entrepreneur is just getting started, especially in a household where the other is is and I refer to it as a wage earner because they just don't understand on the risk and the you know they don't have the they're not as risk adverse as I think that's the word uh, as many entrepreneurs are we're willing to take a risk because we have a vision uh, for what we want so good on you man that is. So, so I just can't express the importance of that. And I'm sure you know it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, you know, before I got started here, we talked a little bit about, you know, what you're doing professionally and everything. But we like to get to know the man behind the abundance. How would you describe yourself? So I I think it'd be a couple words. Uh, I'm an overcomer. So all throughout my life, like when I was a teenager, I was pretty poor at math, and my younger brother, he was freaking a genius at math, two grades ahead of me, and he was younger than me. And it just, 
I just had this limiting belief, like, oh crap, if I don't do good at school, I'm going to suck. So like for me, that was the first of a long series of saying, no, I can make this on my own. Um, so overcoming, but then also having passion and I'm very, very, very curious. I'm like, huh, I wonder how that works. I'm going to ask a couple. I just asked so many questions. Um, so for me, it's, it's all about passion, curiosity, overcoming challenges. And a lot of my success has been I've seen something done. Like the reason I was a cartoon artist, uh, I drew cartoons for three years, was I saw this local newspaper and I, I read the cartoon. And I was like, wow, that sucked. That's horrible. And I thought I could do better than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did. And I did it for years. But that's, that's just who I am, you know? You know, that's one of the things I want to touch on real quick, because this is a conversation my wife and I were having. Um, we were watching this new show, and I'm not going to, it's a game show, uh, where I think it's Elva, Elva or something like that. Basically, I have to answer a bunch of questions and stuff. And they had these two, uh, a couple on there that were both registered geniuses. I guess it's called Mensa or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And they sucked. They didn't do well. <laughs> I'll just put that out there right now. Neither one of them made it to the to the gauntlet, if you will. Um, but, you know, one of the things that schools do is they make brilliant kids feel less than they are because they don't do well in academics. And here you are. You have a genius. And we were talking about that. That's what we're talking about, different levels of geniuses. You, know, you got your classroom geniuses. You got your art geniuses, your music geniuses, your geniuses on the field of whatever, you know, sports and whatever. They're just absolutely brilliant. But many kids don't explore those addition, those other uh, avenues because they're fed this story that you have to be a genius in the classroom. And if you're not, well, then you're not going to amount to much as an adult. Um, and I just think it's a terrible tragedy. Now, I'm not saying that about the teachers. I'm saying that about the system. Uh, in itself, because there's some brilliant teachers out there. What are your thoughts on that? And how did that affect you growing up and into your adulthood? Yeah, ex- absolutely. I mean, exactly. So I was homeschooled, but still the same. Um, you know, my parents both did not have degrees, but but my mom, uh, super smart. And, uh, and my grandpa, super smart. Like, you know, he comes in, he's always asking, like, what's the, what's the, here, here's a math equation. You have 30 seconds. What's the answer? You're like, oh, crap. So I didn't look forward to him coming over. But um, but no, like uh, my parents did not have degrees and they end up having seven kids and one income. So we were pretty, you know, we always provided for, but we were not well off by any stretch. So, um, you know, for them, they're like, you need to get a degree. Like, for example, I'm, I was, you know, not great at math, but 16 years old, you know, she signed us up for business law classes at the local college. So here I am taking business law at 16. I'm thinking, this, this sucks. I don't want to do this. <laughs> but she's like, you know, I think all parents want their kids to do well. But and then it, it's kind of like it wasn't till I would say 30, I'm 30, almost 35, I, I probably 32, 33, where I really started looking inward and saying, because it takes a while to like, we have enough money to provide for your family. And I, I'm a, um, we're a single income family because we homeschool as well, but providing enough money where you're like, okay, I'm good with money. And then you're like, I'm no longer desperate. Now, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And that I I'm, I'm certainly trying with my kids to be like, you know, 
What is it that you love to do and not make them say, look, you must do great at math. You must do great at every subject. We're all different, but you must do the exact same as everyone else. And it's kind of like, no, I, I don't buy that. But I, it definitely affected me for a very long time. I told my parents um, I wasn't going to college because a very wealthy friend, I worked on his farm, and he told me he owned a, a company. He was president of a company. He had 250 plus employees. And I told him, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be in college. I'm 17 years old. And he was like, dude, I hire people without degrees. It's all about work ethic. And I'll start one person off at 36K without a degree. Other guy will get 42. But within six months, that 36K person can go up to 42. He goes, he's like, just go, go try things. You know, you don't need a degree. Like, just hustle and do something you want to do. Get a four-year jump start on everybody else. And I looked at it and I was like, this guy makes a ton of money. Am I, you know, I just, it just gave me the, 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 like the, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. And I was the only one in my family who didn't go to college. And my parents were just, they further strengthened the belief that, oh, you are not going to go far now. <laughs> You've really screwed up. <laughs> so, um, they're fine now, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to get into your your family specifically, but I've seen this before um, where a similar scenario was like that. And when it came down to it, the college degree didn't make a don't get me wrong. I'm not down on college. I'm down on the return on investment. In most cases, Uh, there's many vocations out there that, you know, that you absolutely must have that piece of paper to even get looked at. But like you said, there are so many jobs out there and so many it's what I do with my boys is I try to expose them to as many things as possible so that they can make their own decision on what they want to do. And, you know, they, they, they have the two oldest ones have, and the third one, you know, (laughs) he's, we'll see where that goes, but um, (laughs) I just want them to do what they enjoy doing, you know, and, and that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, of course it helps to, they make a good income as well. Well, I mean, yeah, we don't want our kids not to, um, yeah, I feel the same way. Well, they're self the other two are self sustaining right now, so um, that's uh, success in my book. <laughs> <laughs> that's a W. <laughs> exactly, that's a win. That's for sure. So, you know, everybody, you know, we always talk about all these amazing things we have going on in our lives, but at multiple stages of our life, we have these kick in the gut moments, and I like to highlight this only because I like to show this to the listeners and give you some ideas on what other people are going through and how they get through it. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. And then we're going to get into what you learned from that and what you're doing with that information. Yeah, absolutely. No, mine is very clear. Um, So not having a degree, one of the liberating things was I don't have any fallback plan because, you know, it's like I don't have anything. So when I um, I've decided to that guy who had given me advice to go not go to, you know, don't go to college if you don't know what you want to do. Don't waste money that you don't have. And I was like, OK, so I was dating his daughter at the time and that went horribly bad. We no longer speak, but <laughs> I still learned some amazing things from him. Um, but they had like, I don't know, 12 horses or 15 horses, something like that. And I had ridden maybe two or three times with them. And I obviously did not grow up with horses. Uh, that did not happen. So I remember seeing there um, this guy come in a truck and he would trim the horse's feet. And he was called a farrier. Some people called a blacksmith. And he would 
nail on the horseshoes. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And that was all the, the thought I gave it to. And then I, uh, I bounced around and tried different things. And then I thought to myself, you know, I kind of want to just try that just to see what that's like. So I rode with a, a farrier and um, long story short, tough job. You know, I did it for seven and a half years, made really good money. Uh, you know, 25 years old, I made 115,000. Um, most of the people I knew were working at Chipotle or something, you know. Um, so I did well, but but then what happened was I've always I always thought I, I can push myself. I'm very driven. I can push myself through anything. Like I used to lift weights. It's like, okay, if you lift enough weight, eventually you get stronger. You can do more push-ups. Well, with with horseshoeing, you know, I'm like, okay, my hands hurt, it's freezing, I got burned, whatever. I'm just gonna keep pushing through, pushing through. And my my kick in the gut moment was I was working on a horse, probably six years, five and a half years in. I was holding its rear leg, its hind leg. And if you think of an adult, like you, if, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen live PD where people are like wrestling people down to the ground. If, if an adult with their rear leg is trying to kick you, I mean, it's hard to hold on. You know, you don't have much control. When a horse kicks or, or tries to get away from you, it's, if they really want to get away for real, they will. And I was holding this hind foot, this rear foot, and, uh, you know, I was nailing on a horseshoe. So I had one nail sticking out the side. So I didn't want to let go of the foot. I didn't want the horse to cut itself. You know, it's a, it's a risky job. And I remember hanging on for dear life and the horse yanked really hard. And I felt something pop um, in my stomach. And uh, I now know it was a hernia and just tore my stomach. And it hurt like, you know, anything. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to push through this. I picked up the foot, kept going. That day I was incredibly sore that night. Um, you know, I kept on going month after month, but then it started to get much, much, much worse. And I didn't say anything to my wife. You know, I didn't like go, oh, I need a Band-Aid. I was just like, I'm good. <laughs> but what would happen is I would shoe, I would shoe all these horses all day. And then I'd go inside and take a bath. And that the pain would be so intense in my stomach that um, the muscles were like pulling because my back would get tight. I would I would sit in an Epsom salt bath, and you know, door would be closed, kids would be out in the living room, and I would just tears would just drop, and I wouldn't be sobbing. I just like just quiet, hot tears. You know, I just was so much pain. And uh, she came in one time, and she was like, "Are you crying?" And I was like, "No, no, I'm not crying." <laughs> so, long story short, I finally you know figured out that you know what, I. I, I think I, I think I'm stuck and I think I'm trapped and I think I'm I need to figure something else out here I cannot push through this. I need a new approach and uh, That was my kick in the gut uh, Where I just was like rock bottom and very very depressing and very uh, you know I had two kids. So I was very discouraged. Like what am I gonna do? Um, that was it. Wow, that's a literal kick in the gut that is... <laughs> Man. No it, it was. And, and to push through that pain like that, you know, it's just, uh, that's ridiculous. I can't imagine that amount of pain. So what did you end up doing? I mean, did you just leave the career and, and just say, I'm done and move on? Or how that how that work out? So, you know, in Northern Virginia, the cost of living is, it's not as bad as San Francisco or Hawaii, but it is, it's up there. I don't know if it's top seven, it's significantly expensive. So when someone's like, oh, you're making like, I was making 115 K, you know, I was like doing very well. I was getting established. And then 
when I got injured, I realized I had to cut back, cut back, keep cutting back work because I did too many horses. I just couldn't even do it. So I got my income down to maybe 70 K, something like that, which was enough. But in Northern Virginia, it's not really as much as you might think. Like some people are like, oh, that's really good. So I was like, how do I get a job and take care of my kids? And I got the normal advice, you know, go back to college, do it part time, take you like eight years. I'm like, I can't survive eight years. I will die. Uh, go live with your parents. I'm like, heck no, that's not happening. I'm, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> that just wasn't me. Um, so I, I thought to myself, one of my clients I still have that very much driven mentality where it's like I can push through something. So one of my clients was a uh, senior software developer and he wrote you know, code for a living and he programmed computers and I was like, oh, what is that? And to give you an example of how computer illiterate I was at the time, I could send texts, I could send basic emails to my horse clients, but if I needed to attach an image or a file or a document, I'd be like, I have no clue, let me get my wife. So that level of computer ignorance, if you will. So he told me about software and I was like, what's software? I have no clue what that is. And he's like, oh my gosh. So long story <laughs> short, he encouraged me to get this book uh, about Python. It's a, it's just a coding language. He's like, it's pretty easy and you know, it's easier than others. So long story short, I, I was like struggling with it. It was very difficult and I practiced a lot at night. And then I heard about these boot camps. There's these coding boot camps, which are now everywhere. But at the time, there was only one in San Francisco, and then there was one in New York. And I got into the one in San Francisco. They liked my drive, but they wanted like 30K up front, and I didn't have it. So I was like, crap, I can't do that. So I, I had to back out. And then the one in New York was like, uh, I think it was like 8K. It was a lot less. So I drove up to New York instead of applying online, met the people in person, shook their hands, and they were, they were impressed that I drove up from Virginia to do that. And long story short, I made some horrible decisions. I moved up to New York, rented a place before I actually got in because I thought I was going to get in. I got down to the final like three people, and I didn't get in. <laughs> so I lost $3,200, uh, went back to Virginia with my tail between my legs, and was very discouraged. But I don't know, something clicked, um, something clicked in me and said, and I might have used some expletives, was basically like, you know, screw this. I am gonna do this on my own. I don't need any college, I don't need any boot camps. I'm gonna figure this out or I'll die trying because I don't have a whole lot of options. And nothing with blacksmithing and horseshoeing really translates to the a lot, really. It's like you were born in 19, working in 1906, and you're trying to get to 2012. Um, so I, I learned to code. Um, it took a long time. It took me nine months, two days, every night from 10 p.m. when my wife went to bed till one in the morning, or I fell asleep on the couch. I would code, 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 and I eventually got, I spoke at some local meetup groups. That, you know, just like beginner tutorials. I, I showed them what I did. Um, it wasn't that amazing, but it got me some interviews. I think people were impressed that what I did from where I came from and I got my first job making 70 K, um, as a junior software developer. So that's how I over had my enough is enough moment. It wasn't easy, but it was, it was well worth it. Wow. Sounds like one of those, um, overnight success stories <laughs> <laughs> that easy never peasy. happens. Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> Absolutely. So how did you end up with uh, 
Josh Kemp, your website, Josh Kemp, uh, life is better with a side hustle. Where'd that come from? So, you know, as you, I don't know if you noticed a theme yet in my life, it's called desperation. You know, it's like, oh crap, I need this. Oh man, I better do X. So, um, you know, some people just sit around on the couch and they get inspired for greatness and they just go out and go, I want to do X. Um, so when I had that first job in tech, I was like, I thought, and I, it's funny when you overcome a, a challenge, you gain more confidence because you're like, oh, if I can get a horseshoeing, I can learn anything because now I have some real skills. So um, that company got bought out by another company and I had no clue how the tech world worked. And basically everyone got sev a small severance package and was like, hey, uh, pretty much everybody's getting laid off. And I was like, oh crap. So, so that happened after a year and like a few months. And you know, I'm still a very junior new person. And I was like, what am I supposed to do now? So I ended up getting another job who also uh, laid off a bunch of people on a Tuesday. They're like, here, give me your badge, sign this form, have a good day. And I, I just remember thinking, are all tech jobs like this? Is this how my life's going to be now? And I didn't know anything about how tech worked, You know, what clients they had. Do they have good clients? I just took a job because I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Um, so through that process, the first side hustle I had was and this kind of was an insult, which I was not offended about. But when I got hired, um, there's a, my, one of my blog posts I wrote at the time was um, how blacksmith learned to code. And somebody shared it on this this like Reddit and I think Hacker News. Somehow it went pretty viral in the tech community. And basically I got a couple hundred emails from people. And mostly what they said was, and politely, you know, these are all like computer science nerds, really smart people. And they basically said, wow, if – if a moron like you can do this, uh, what am I missing here? <laughs> so, mm. so I wrote this little ebook, uh, no degree, no problem. And it was, it's dated now, it's, it, but it's still good. But, and that was kind of my first thing that brought me in money was like, I need something besides just these tech jobs because, you know, they're at the time they were very much like feast or famine. Um, that was, that was the first one. And then when I got laid off in the second job, I moved down to Raleigh and um, people who I'd known, who knew I was good with tools, horseshoeing, um, one of them was like, hey, you can install these giant water fountains for super wealthy people. Um, think of the Friends show, where people are jumping in that, uh, like the fountain when the episode starts, like these big water fountain features outside. And companies that sell these couldn't sell enough because you know, elderly people who are 60, 65 years old, 70 years old, they have the income to buy these $4,000, $2,000 fountains, but they were getting people off Craigslist who would damage the fountains. So I ended up doing that, um, and they gave me a little bit of work the first year. And then every year since, I, I've made significant income. Um, this is my fifth year. Um, I started off the first year at 4500 that I got in profit. Uh, just last year, I netted $22,000. I grossed about thirty. So you know, I've done many, but it's always been at the time, it was always just what can keep, uh, you know, keep so I can get my kid extras or do anything nice for my family. Mm -hmm. Is that the uh, one of the, the fountain that's behind you in the picture that you sent me? No, that's actually just a really cool place to go have a date with your wife and eat. Uh, but I did I did pick that because I love water fountains. So I, like, I hey. do too, man. I love yeah. water features. It's yeah. awesome. So cool. That's a freaking cool story, man. I dig side hustles. I mean, I've always been a super 
advocate of side hustles. I've had two of the top side hustle coaches on the show um, that I know personally, uh, Side Hustle Nation and um, – Goodness, I can remember. It's been so long ago. Chris, uh, Chris Gilbert is another yeah, one. But yeah, that, yeah, those, are, those are legit, legit people there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, Chris is one of the guys that's he's written several books, and I love his books. And he's actually visited every single country on Earth. Uh, and uh, really interesting dude. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. But, you know, so it, it, I tell people all the time, man, the importance of having a side hustle is just multi. There's just so many reasons. Um, one, because you can develop a skill and do get paid to do something you enjoy doing generally, you know, and there's some stuff you may not enjoy doing very much. That's pretty darn lucrative. You know, you can make some pretty darn good money from, even if it's, you know, pulling an old Gary V, which I've done multiple times, um, fortunate enough to live on military installations and housing areas where people come and go on a regular basis. And when people leave, you go around and they just put the stuff they don't want out on the curb and it's good stuff. You go pick it up. I've picked up, my son has picked up, you know, large flat screen TVs, uh, and traded them for other computer parts. I, I once picked up a, um, what do you call it? A treadmill and, you know, got it for free off the side of the road, sold it for $75 two days later. I mean, you know, just knock the dust off of it. There's so many ways to make money and to have a cool little side hustle, um, you know, to make your, you know, Disney money or travel money or, you know, pay off, you know, pay a car payment or something, you know? No, I, I, I don't get how if people are like, people are always whining about like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or I wish, you know, I, you know, I took my kids to Disney. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I wish I could do that. It's like, you really can. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to go do something. And to me, the biggest thing is like. I think it's like five hours. The average American watches like social media and TV, Hulu, Netflix. And it's like even uh, so I still have a full time job, um, which makes really good money. Um, but it's always like, Friday. It's like, oh, what are you binge watching this weekend? You know, and I'm just like, why do we take pride? I just don't. I mean, I I think it's great that nowadays there's so much cool TV you can watch. Years ago, you had to pay more for cable and you couldn't record it. There's so many cool things. But it's like, you know, when I'm 75, 80 in a nursing home with a little uh, little walker with the green tennis balls, then I'll be doing my binge walk you know, if I can't freaking walk. But until that happens, I cannot justify like all that time. And like tonight, I'm doing this uh, recording with you. Tonight, I'm, I'm taking my family with me and I'm going to this super wealthy and every house is like you know, multi-millions. Um, I'm, this dentist has a super... A uh, nice fountain in his front yard. I winterize it every year for him, and I open it every year for him. So I'm going to get 125 bucks in cash. It'll take me 30, 40 minutes. We'll probably go out to eat afterward. I mean, to me, that's just fun. Like mm-hmm. it is work, but um, initially with side hustles, it was all about survival. But then it became, oh, I want to try this like piano tuning. Can I do that? Is that you know like? And then it's like you do it. You do it for a year, six months, whatever. But then you have real skills, um, and I wouldn't not to brag, but like it's like some things you suck at, and some things you know you're good at. Mm-hmm. And um, if if someone now, because back in when I was horseshoeing, I, I just did horseshoeing, and that was kind of it. Um, now, if I were to lose my job tomorrow, you know, for whatever reason, I could call someone tomorrow and do caricatures, I'd caricature artists, I could do fountains, I can do. There's so many things I can do now 
mm-hmm. that, and I may not do them all the time, but having a side hustle to me is income, security, safety, but it's also about discovering what you enjoy, what you're passionate about. So there's no reason not to have one. That's, that's my belief. And it's, and it's simpler than ever now with online websites. It's just great. No, for sure. Absolutely. And there's so, I mean, there's just so many darn things you can do. Um, learn a new skill over a week, uh, take a short course, learn stuff online. Heck, my son, uh, when he was like 12 or 13, in, we were in Hawaii at the time, uh, he was really good at, he literally turned one of his PCs into a Mac. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, he was a hacker. That's what he did. So what he did was he created this small little business. I helped him create a, a little website. And what he would do is he would go into people's homes and help them set up their new system or connect some instrument, musical instrument to their, to their computer. The one guy had a guitar and some other stuff he wanted to connect to his computer for recording purposes. He had no idea how to do it. So I would just take him over there. You know, he couldn't go by himself, but I'd take him over there and he would char- I'd say, how much are you can charge the guy? Well, I don't know. And I'd kind of coach him through it and stuff like that. And he'd get paid doing that on the weekend. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's just so many things to do and so many reasons to do it. It's, you know, most people will go out and buy a bunch of, I, I was standing at the grocery store at Publix last night and watch this woman. I don't know how much she put in there, but she was putting twenties, a 10, a five. She was just feeding money into one of these uh, lottery ticket machines. One of the scratch ticket machines. Oh my gosh. And you know, they might hit a, they might hit something once in a while, but it doesn't, I don't think it pays for (laughs) all the money she puts into it when she could just buy a course and learn how to do something productive and, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just can't justify that, man. Uh, I'm right with you. <laughs> yeah, if the, if that worked, the lottery business would never. It's For like sure. if you go to if you go to Vegas, you're gonna lose. Some people go to have fun, but you're not gonna. Also, no. they occasionally might win, but all in all, you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah, it's not set up in your favor <laughs> at all. So, you know, how else are you paying it forward? What else is you know some of the stuff that you're doing with your website and some of the coaching that you're doing. How is that making a, is it making an impact on people's lives? And if so, share with us a couple stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have a coach now, Dan Miller, and you know, this is the thing where it's like, you do whatever initially, I think it's fine. Like we all have bills. We need to be responsible. We need to provide, um, especially single income. You really need to you know, step up your game. So back in the day on my book, uh, which initially I was never gonna write a book. I'm not a great writer. Uh, you know, and most of the bad reviews are, boy, this guy definitely didn't get a college degree. He has terrible grammar. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, I wrote a book, but people, I blessed a lot of people through that. So what happened was people would read this book and I'd never even heard of the word coaching at the time. And people would reach out to me and they were like, you know, it's kind of like a podcast. People really connect because they hear you and they trust you. And with the book, they were like, hey, I, I have a degree or I dropped out of my computer science degree. Can you help me? you know, get into this, whatever. So at first I started doing it for free and I would just help people. But then I noticed something whenever I gave away and I would send email after email, I'd do zoom calls. I just wanted to help somebody because I, I, cause they were in a bad spot. Like one guy was a house painter and he had a family and like he was in a you know bad financial situation. And I was like, dude, yeah, was, like, let me help you. And we did. He, he got hired. But I noticed that the people that were doing it for free, it was way hard to, I was super motivated, but they were not as motivated. Um, 
So I started to charge and I just looked at other people's websites. I was like, oh, let me put a thousand dollars and people were more motivated and then I upped it. So that turned into a coaching business. I had no clue what I was doing. I was successful, but I did that for two years, 2016, 2017. And then I stopped because I was like, you know, I, I really was like, I, I, I know how to get myself hired, but I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to do tech. I wanted to help people with side hustles. But at the time I was, I'd lost my job and I was moving to Raleigh. I had all these things going on. So now it's coaching for people who are maybe like me, single income, who want to do a side hustle, who have never done one. But that, that's, that's on a, that's on a, you know, I do get paid for that. But when it comes to what's funny is when people at work or even family members, friends, when they're like, Hey Josh, why don't you come over and play world of Warcraft for five hours on Saturday or whatever the thing is, or, you know, watch the show with us. And I'll watch a show. I usually watch like one show a night. It's 30 minutes long while I'm drawing caricatures. So I will watch some things. But when people like that are like, wow, you're no fun, you know, like, let's go just waste some time. The second that person loses their job, I'm called. It's like, hey, Josh, I know I probably should have like updated my resume. Hey, I know I should have probably been like better with my skill set, but I need to get a job like yesterday. Can you help me? So I do a lot of people that I know I'll just meet with lunch and I'll help them. Um, and I love doing it. So I, I feel I've been in those bad situations and I really am like, okay, it's no big deal. We can get through this as long as you work. So I love doing it and that's how I give back. Right. Yeah. And that's the importance of having that side hustle. That's one of those other great reasons to have that side hustle for events like that. Either you lose your job, you get injured on the job, a family member gets injured or has to have somebody stay home and take care of them, then that's something to fall back on. And they, you know, like you're saying, your friends, they think about it a little bit too late. They think, well, I don't know that that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm secure. I've been doing this for 20 years and then bloop, <laughs> yeah, gone uh, or whatever, whatever the case may be. So yeah, absolutely. For sure. <clears throat> and it's interesting that you say, you know, about the people that, you know, you give your stuff away. I, I've, I've said this before. I literally cannot give my coaching away. Uh, and what I mean by that is even those that I've literally given, I have a member site, very robust, and I give it to people, I gift it to people, um, and they do nothing with it. The people that pay for it actually get some, you know, value out of it. Imagine that, you know, it's all about having skin in the game and taking it seriously. No, I, uh, you know, I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, background is very conservative, like Christian values. And I initially felt bad to hear somebody who lost their job. How can I charge them money? Mm. And that's how I was, you know, but then it, the truth is if people don't pay for something. They don't value it. And mm. it's true. And it, it was one of my limiting beliefs where I was like, you know, you can charge for this. Someone's going to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars It's worth $1,000. It's worth $2,000. You know, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a hard thing for me to to kind of overcome a little and bit. And that's very common. That's very, very common in, in, that, in, in this industry, in coaching and stuff like that. I had the same problem with coaching the abundance mindset as well. Um, you mentioned Dan Miller. Is that the um, 48 Days to the Work You Love, Dan Miller? Yeah, yeah. I um there's three books that I highly recommend. And one of them is 48 days to work you love. He was the person I would listen to his podcast and he was the person who would always say, look for and 
solutions, not either or. Either mm. you keep shoeing horses or you go get a degree. Look for mm. and solutions. And he would always say, you're not trapped anymore in this modern era. And I was like, no, but I am trapped. You know, I, I'd listened to him for years. And I thought to myself, hey, that was the person when I got to that enough is enough moment where it was like, you know, I'm just going to try this. What I got to lose? I'm going to freaking die at this current rate. So, yeah, very, very uh, encouraging. I didn't know him at the time. Uh, just listen. I'm sure people listen to you and they're like, oh, wow, you know, this is really encouraging for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. Um, in fact, you can get the double uh, of that because I had a conversation with Dan. Uh, goodness, uh, February. Well, this posted February 2019, episode 180. So go to com forward slash 180. You'll hear my conversation with Dan because um, I, too, was a longtime listener of his uh, first got his book and then listening to his podcast. I just absolutely love it. I love his format of his podcast as well. Uh, really good stuff. But he's a great guy. Absolutely amazing individual. Yep, it really is. Cool. So we are at the point where we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. Ready to do that? Yeah. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Okay. So business should not be scary. You don't need to be like, oh, but how do I get this? All these different things. Start. I think everyone should start with a some side hustle. Try to make a dollar. Like literally make a dollar. How do I get more? Like don't 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 be like, oh, I have to be Elon Musk. Oh, I have to be these, you know, Wally. Like, no, just start something super tiny. For me, service-based businesses are the easiest because they're reoccurring. Um, I would start very small. Um, and I would do absolutely free marketing. In one place no one talks about, I don't know why. Um, is so people know about Facebook marketplace. That's a great place to put an ad like, you know, gutter cleaning or piano tuning or whatever. But the best, the highest trust value that I found that just crushed it was next door. Um, and if there's, you know, there's an app obviously for next door and you can only be on next door if you live in the neighborhood. So people are like 10 X. It seems like to me more likely to be like, oh, this guy lives roughly in our neighborhood. I'm going to hire him to clean my gutters versus some dude off Craigslist. There's a better connection. And with just Nextdoor and Facebook Marketplace, you can get a lot of work. I mean, if you're just doing a side hustle, like, you know, you don't have to make 22K, just make 500 bucks a month. And that will increase, you know, really help you out. But don't pay for marketing right off the bat. Um, You don't have to just like people like, I need to do everything passive. I have passive income, but I think initially just do something you want to do or is a really obvious opportunity. Um, and don't, don't, and I always felt intimidated by people that are so much more successful to me. I, I don't think you have to do that. Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. Another great one other than next door, which is actually uh, very good. And Facebook marketplace, as well as your local Facebook groups, uh, your community Facebook groups, uh, but also alignable is another great one as well to get onto. There's a paid version for it, just like, you know, everything else, but there's also a a free version and you connect with some pretty amazing uh, business owners that you'd be able to, and other people in the community you'd be able to serve in various ways. But yeah, great, great advice. And one of the best things I like that you said is do not pay for marketing or you don't pay for marketing. You pay for advertising. Marketing is part of that whole process. Um, Until you, absolutely know something's working. So if you post something up on Facebook or Nextdoor or Alignable, 
and you start getting results, then throw some money at it. But don't do it until you have that figured out. That's just my two cents on that. So I agree. I'm so happy that you said that. <laughs> Too many no, hey, businesses I, I, go out of business because they're paying for you know thousands of dollars in marketing. I agree. Now and now, look, I learned. I had never heard of Lineable, but I'm writing it down because I'm like, hey, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great, great, another great resource. There's others out there, but those are all of those that you mentioned are, and uh, the Alignable is one that I use as well as uh, LinkedIn. So, what rituals make the biggest impact in in your life? I mean, I think it's like. It's the whole like don't don't make a life that you need a vacation from. Um, like when I was shooting horses every day, just was tough because I was in so much pain. Um, now we have weekly chiropractic visits for the family. Mm -hmm. To me, it's all about balancing your life. So like, um, I have a a really good friend um, who has like, you know, their finances are good, their career is good. Um, their family's good. They're, they have all these areas, their faith, you know, they, they know what they're grounded, what they believe. But I always feel like you need to have a C grade in all areas. You can't allow one to go to an F where it's like, it's going to kill you. And there, theirs is, they're so overweight. It's not even, it's obese. They're so overweight that I think they're going to, you know, die early, if you will. I think you have to balance your life. You have to say, you know what? I'm pushing hard for a goal right now, but I can't allow myself to, you know, like I, I used to weigh, I'm 5'11". I used to weigh 241 pounds when I got laid off my second job because the stress was crazy. Um, now I'm at 205. It's not perfect, but it's about balancing your life. Um, but yeah, I get up early. Sure. I'm up at 630. At night, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm drawing characters, so I go to bed at 10 o'clock, 10:30. Um, I'm pretty naturally driven because I think for me, um, I know for a fact if I don't take action, nothing's going to change in my life. So I believe that 100%. So for me, there's no need for motivation. I'm like, I know I got to do this. No one else is going to. So. Very good. Absolutely, man. So we talked about Dan Miller's book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. What other books are you reading or listening to or what else are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? So so podcasts are great. Books are great. I mean, to me, if you're driving the car and you're not listening to something, what are you doing? Like, you know, you should be using every minute. So I, I do. Um, so it depends who like there's so many people like I, you know, I have a friend who's so unmotivated for that person. So I have three books. Reading uh, Grant Cardone's book, 10X, to me, it was so good because he's like, people don't put enough effort. They don't, they always think things will take less time. So someone who's not motivated, I think that book, 10X, would be great for them. Someone who's maybe financially successful right now but wants to do a side business, but they don't know what they want to do, they need to look inward, the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, would be great. Um and then the last book is any type of bit. Well, most businesses, um, you know, growing up, I thought everyone had special skills except for me. My brother was great at math. My sister is good at memorizing things. She could bake. She could do arts and crafts. But then I realized years later, my brother came and told me, he said he was so jealous that as a teenager, I could make friends. I could talk to anybody. I had really good people skills. And I always thought, oh, that's not a real skill like math. <laughs> that's just a, you know, that's just kind of a personality. And then having businesses and working in tech and seeing the lack of social skills, 
I realized and gave myself credit. And I was like, you know, that is a skill. And, and I just was grateful that like, you know, hey, I do have a skill. I don't have to feel discouraged. So the book, though, that really kind of took out that raw talent, um, I'd offended my aunt really badly when I was 14. I don't remember what it was about, but somehow I offended her. And on my 15th, 14th birthday, she gave me a very old, and I mean very old, worn out copy of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And in the middle of the book, she had stuck one single piece of gum. And I was like, I wanted to say, wow, that is offensive. Like it was, <laughs> she was like, basically you, you're rude and your breath smells. But that book was so good. It, it was so, for me at 14, it just like was a light bulb. I was like, oh, this is how you get along with people. This is, so if you are, don't have great people skills, I think that book could, it will make you realize what people value, their name, smiling, all those types of things. So yeah, those are the sure. three books I recommend. Absolutely. Wonderful books. I've read every one of them. And um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, along with Think and Grow Rich, are the two oldest books in my library. <laughs> oh, well. Physical books. I've got I've had those two books longer than any other book uh, that I've got physically here. So wow. great, great recommendations. One hundred percent. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Josh? Well, you know, uh, I don't want to toot any other podcast when I'm on your podcast, but your podcast and the other one, um, oh crap, can't think of the name now, but uh, Ryan, uh, it's uh, Men of, it's like, man, Men of Purpose, but it, it's it's uh, Ryan Metzler. Mick Mickler, Ryan Mickler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, his podcast, I can't believe my mind just went blank right there. But anyway, mm -hmm. your, your podcast and his, like to me, they're, they're different. But I love the theme, and I think men need is like everyone I know who's a dude is like, not everyone, but a lot. They're just like uh, very passive. They're just very like, eh, you know, I'm just gonna watch TV, or I'm just gonna do things on the computer I shouldn't do, or I'm gonna go, you know, it's very like, I have time, I'm gonna be adult down the road. And I just feel like, if there's no, and maybe it's, you know, parents told them what to do with their whole life and they don't have any passion for what they're doing. You know, you could be like me and be like, mom, not going to college. I'm quitting right now. Like, I'm not telling you to do that, but you need to find that passion. And most people I've met and I've coached that I, I wanted their goal more than they did. I was more driven than they were. And I, I admit I'm a, I'm a driven person, but I just feel like most people are too passive and they need to find something that inspires them or motivates them. Um, and, and the biggest thing, which I didn't do for a long time, believe it or not, I didn't take action. Mm -hmm. I would listen to all these podcasts. I'd read all these books. But then I think it was Dan Moore's podcast. Somewhere I remember hearing there was something that stuck with me. It was like nothing, absolutely nothing will change in your life if you do not take action like today. And somehow it clicked. And, and I now in the opposite. I take action every day. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I have action steps at the end of pretty much every one of my episodes, and I've been doing that for quite some time. And that's for a reason, guys, because, you know, The Secret was a great um, DVD book, the whole bit. All those guys were doing amazing things and using the law of attraction. But one thing they don't talk about is the law of action. The law of attraction is great. 
<laughs> but don't nothing get done until you take action. And uh, Ryan is definitely a good um, <clears throat> guy to listen to. Uh, Order of Man is his podcast. Oh, there you go. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he's got a book out now as well. In fact, I had a conversation with Ryan um, back in May of 2017, episode 078. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> take go so go listen to that one i'll have that linked up in the show notes all these linked up in the show notes but ryan is 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 one hell of a dude man and um he's built uh, he's just got a great movement going on with order of man and his um i forget i think it's iron i forget what the name of his uh mastermind group is but he's got a great mastermind group to get be a part of as well so i'll throw that plug out there for him but absolutely man so what does being a man of abundance mean to you josh for me, and I understand if people aren't, uh, you know, I, me, it's it's honoring God and and being grounded in what I believe. And to me, if, if you believe something else, that's cool. Just you have to have, if you're a tree, you need to have some roots. You have to have your faith down. So for me, like they, they have this virus going around right now. Everyone's freaking out. I'm like, if it's my time, it's my time, man. I'm good. Like I'm that to me, you need to have roots. So for me, it's it's honoring God. It's doing the best of whatever you do. Like do your very best. It's taking risks. Don't allow your limiting beliefs to stop you. For me, my beliefs stopped me. I thought I'm trapped. I shoe horses for a living. That's who I am. I can do nothing else. And it's not true. It's simply not true. It will take a lot of effort, but it's also your confidence will just 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 grow. So for me, that's um, that's it. And giving back, you know, teaching my kids. Um, that's what it means to me. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I love it. All right, guys. So here's your action step for today. I want you to take inventory of your own education. And if you have children, pay attention to their education. Pay attention to what their teachers are teaching them if you do have them in a traditional school system. Obviously, like we talked about, like Josh mentioned, if you homeschool your children, then you have more control over what your children are learning. And it's probably, in my opinion, more valuable. Now, there's a lot of value in, in the interaction that kids get at school. But right now, many schools, quite frankly, aren't open. And even when they are at school, sometimes they're not able to interact like they would during a normal school day. So while I do find great value in that, there's other ways to get that. Anyway, take, it, take control of your education. Take full control and at least... Understand what your children are learning and why. Because during these formative years, it is extremely important for them to get the knowledge and wisdom, more, more importantly, the wisdom from you as their parent and from other mentors in the community. That knowledge and wisdom is what ensures that they will go out and be productive members of society while living a mentally and physically healthy life now go out live your life of abundance and guys make sure to pay it forward that's all for today abundance leaders for more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com we appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode so until then be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance